0: Good morning, churches. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hediger. I'm so blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Stratford, Salisbury Center, in Middleville United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate those miracles together. I do have a couple of announcements this morning. First of all, I just want to thank all those who contributed to the fire department um, I guess the last three or four weeks we were collecting at the outside service. And I want to tell you, we donated over $1,000 to the fire department. And, and they keep coming back to me. They are so excited to be blessed by these churches. So I thank you so much. What a beautiful, kind heart. I I just I am so proud of all of you. Um, also, that being said, uh, the fire department will be doing a chunk or treat. On October 30th, that's a Friday night, uh, from 6 to 8 p.m., and starting the 27th of September, that'll be in two weeks, uh, we will go to all inside services. So that means we will have uh, Middleville at 8 o'clock, we will have Stratford at 9.30, and we will have Salisbury Center at 11 o'clock. So God has been so good to us, keeping this weather beautiful so we could uh praise him and worship him outside. Uh tomorrow, Sunday, for today's message will be 16 weeks with no snow, no rain, no blizzards, no hurricanes, no tornadoes. Um and you know Sundays aren't always the best day of the week in upstate New York. So we just praise God that he blessed us this whole summer and so many people were able to come out and worship um that couldn't go inside due to health reasons. So Uh, They've been able to worship God for the last 16 weeks. And I'm just so very thankful. So, this morning's memory verse comes from 1 John 5 19. We know that we are God's children and that the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the 16 weeks of blessings that you've given us to be able to worship you outside, Father God. We pray that uh, once we go back inside, Lord, that we uh, we don't lose that freedom that we've gained, uh, worshiping outside. That we're we're more open to shouting "Amen" and we're just more open to acknowledging you verbally and and visually, um, just how great and glorious you are. We thank you for um, giving the opportunity to so many people to be able to worship when they weren't able to worship in their own church, Father God. So we pray that that you would bless these three churches, the three congregations, and that they would grow mightily, that they would be rewarded for their obedience all this time. Um, We pray today that the Holy Spirit will be upon us, that the Holy Spirit will bless bless us with his presence as we seek to worship and give you all the glory today. Let us pray the Lord's Prayer together. Please join me with a call to worship this morning. Let us recognize that God is within us and among us today. His eyes are upon his people. Let us worship him as we gather here today. We're here to offer our thanks to God through our praise and worship. We are grateful for the grace in which we stand. We praise God with joy and gladness. Let us worship him with our whole being today. Let us use all our talents to praise our Creator as we gather as the body of Christ. Amen. This morning's Lady Scripture comes from 1 John, chapter 5. 1 John, chapter 5. It reads this way. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God, When we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, for whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, Not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one that testifies, for the Spirit is the truth. There are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. If we receive human testimony, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God, that he has testified to his Son. Those who believe in the Son of God have the testimony in their hearts. Those who do not believe in God have made Him a liar by not believing in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. And this is the testimony. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We move to joys and concerns uh, this morning. And um, I know there are several out there by listening to the prayer chain and and uh, people calling me or texting me. So we, we do have a lot of people to pray for. As we pray this morning, again, I remind you, just yell out, scream out a name, scream out a circumstance. Anything that... Uh, that you feel that you need the Lord to help you with to strengthen you, to humble you, to give you patience, um, anybody that's sick, newborn babies that we're praying for, uh, God hears our prayers. so I also want to uh do a prayer this morning for uh, in remembrance of nine eleven so let us pray. Father God, today we lift up the families of the victims, police officers, firemen, first responders, and all who were involved in the tragic attack on 9-11. Shock and horror of that tragic day has subsided, but it's replaced now with an emptiness, a longing for an innocence lost. We are mindful of the sacrifice of public servants who demonstrated the greatest love of all by laying down their lives for friends and strangers. We commit their souls to your eternal care and celebrate their gifts to a fallen humanity. We lift up the lives of all those that lost a friend or a loved one who sacrificed their lives for the safety of others. We come remembering that day and we come in hope. Not hope in mankind, but hope in you, Father God. We give you thanks for your presence in our time of need. And we thank you for being our guide and our guardian. We pray for your healing. Not only for those that have been diagnosed with health issues from the attack of 9 11, but also for those who've suffered such tragic losses of loved ones and friends. We also pray for a continued hedge of protection for all the men and women that you have chosen to keep our communities safe from harm every day. We pray over our communities, Father God. We pray over our three churches. We pray for healing. We pray for forgiveness. We pray for your love, your mercy. And your grace. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. This morning's message is titled, Here We Go Again. Last week we discussed the importance of training our children to become image bearers of God. We agreed that that's where image bearing training should begin. And we use Proverbs 22.6 that reminds us to train children in the right way and when old, they will not stray. I asked the question, how was that training going? We agreed our churches are no longer filled with children, and I pointed out if they aren't coming to church to receive training in the right way, we were leaving them to be trained by the world and their priorities. I began with saying that I hoped you would not only be shocked by what you learned was happening in our schools and government, but you would also be moved to action. Well, several of you were moved to action, all right. On the one side, I had a person come up to me after the message and begged me to send a copy of my message to the news station so the whole world could hear it. Of course, I declined. We're not looking for notoriety. And then I learned Sunday night, that a group of people from uh, the outside service immediately decided to start a weekly prayer group. So every week they're going to meet and they're going to pray for our schools, our students, and our nation in prayer. That's how they responded to that message. On the other side, I received a phone call telling me it was the worst sermon they had ever heard. Well, I've told you many times before, I refuse to apologize for any message the Holy Spirit gives me to preach. My message last week was to warn you that our children and grandchildren are being contaminated by the world, a world that does not know Jesus Christ. Yet the Bible warns us to not be contaminated by the world. The Amplified Version of James 1.27 reads this way, Pure and unblemished religion, as it is expressed in outward acts, in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit and look after the fatherless and the widows in their distress, and to keep oneself uncontaminated by the secular world. How are the children going to keep themselves from being contaminated if the only knowledge or training they receive is from the secular world and not our churches? I'm not the pastor you see on TV that only tells you God loves you and that everything is okay with the world. God does love you, of course, but Jesus himself tells us everything is not okay with the world. It's a world filled with unbelievers. As a matter of fact, we are told to be set apart from the world. 2 Corinthians 6.17 reads, Therefore come out from them, and be separate from them, says the Lord. And Romans 12:2 warns us to not be conformed to this world. We already agreed our churches aren't filled with children anymore, so how are they hearing the truth? Ephesians 6, 1-2 instructs our children to obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, and to honor your father and mother. Do you really believe they're hearing that in school? I already told you some of the stuff they're learning last week, including how to pray to Allah instead of God. So how are our children to know the truth? Romans ten thirteen promises us, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But then verse 14 asks the question, but how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? Again, Proverbs 22, 6 tells us, Train children in the right way, and when old they will not stray. As a Christian, I believe it is our moral duty to identify false teachings, whether that teaching comes from the pulpit, or in our schools, or in our government. Some may believe that a preacher shouldn't talk about what's going on in the world from the pulpit, that he or she should just preach the gospel. But I ask you today, did not Jeremiah, Isaiah, Jesus himself, Paul, and the other disciples talk about what's going on in the world? How can we address problems or false teachings If we don't talk about the world, Christians cannot continue to bury their heads in the sand and assume they won't be affected by what is being taught in the secular world or being proposed in our government. We live in a society where the enemy has convinced people they should not talk about politics and religion. This country was founded on politics and religion, and I believe those are the very two things we should be talking about every day. No, brothers and sisters, I am here to preach what the Spirit gives me. In these past couple weeks, He's given me a spirit of awareness, a wake-up call, if you will, to guard and protect our children from those who oppose the teaching of the Bible. We need to be aware of what and how the school system and government is teaching our children and grandchildren. I believe the enemy has his hands in both systems. Ephesians 6.12 reminds us, For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Those who have professed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior are enrolled in His army. We are soldiers of the cross. And as soldiers of the cross, we are to defend the Bible and its teachings. I remind you, Ephesians 5.11 tells us to take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose that. We are to expose, object to, and put a stop to the secular teaching our children have been exposed to for far too long. But how would you know if I or we didn't talk about it? Allow me to give you a few more examples of what has become of our nation that was founded under God. A high school in Fort Collins, Colorado, became the first American high school to recite the Pledge of Allegiance in Arabic. And they replaced one nation under God with the words, one nation under Allah. The Republican National Convention became the first U.S. presidential convention to open with a Muslim prayer to Allah in the year 2000. In, 2000, in 2007, the Koran was used instead of the Bible for the first time to swear in a new U.S. congressman. Brothers and sisters, even our military has fallen victim to the movement of opposing Christian teachings. I read a story of a Christian soldier at Bagram Air Base in Afghanistan. He had received Bibles in two local languages from his American church to share with the community. The U.S. Army confiscated those Bibles, and instead of returning them to his church, They burned them. These are the things happening in our world, brothers and sisters. And even though we are in the world, but not of the world, we need to pay attention. We need to fight for the future of our children, our churches, and our country. Just look at our beloved United Methodist Church today. Within the next year, our denomination will split. We will no longer be called the United Methodist. Methodist Church. And why is this? Because a faction of our denomination has insisted that we adapt to what the world says, and our values, our beliefs, and even how we interpret the Bible. Marriages, religious ceremonies, and instruction have been taking place there to that are in direct opposition to what I and most other conservative Christians believe the Bible says. But instead of addressing these issues head-on over 20 years ago, we've allowed it to develop into a blatant disregard for the Book of Discipline and the Bible. And because conservative Christians buried their heads in the sand for the sake of staying united, those practices were allowed to continue. And now We face a future that will end the denomination as we know it. Wake up, my brothers and sisters. Inquire, investigate, and object to any and all teaching that is contrary to our Bible. Our children and grandchildren don't deserve what they're being subjected to, and neither does our country. But there is good news in all this negative. The enemy has been conquered. And we serve a risen Savior who has conquered the world. And he's calling out to those who don't know him yet. I say it every week. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please do it today. We live in troubled times. We live in a fallen world. There is no hope outside of Jesus. Come see me if you want, to, want me to pray with you. Come into the family and body of Christ today. Let us pray. Gracious God, in whose every sparrow has value, and in whose love even the hairs of our heads are counted, lead us to the light, that we might proclaim your love from the housetops and put you first in our lives. Teach us and empower us to proclaim the good news of your dominion, that healing may be offered, new life received, and demons overcome. May our discipleship reflect the witness of our teacher, Jesus Christ, that all nations may bow down before you and glorify your name. May your love tend all of us day by day, transforming us in the image of Christ. Amen. We've received many blessings from God. Let us express our thanks. We've been called into the community of disciples. Let us offer the witness of our sharing. We have been assured of our own worth and value. Let us dedicate our offerings to building up others in God's life. Love. I thank you all for your obedience. Um, During this time of separation, um, tithes and offerings have still been coming in. and I thank you and God will surely bless you. Let us pray. Father God, we're grateful for all the great and wonderful things you've blessed us with. You give us strength to go on when we are troubled and discouraged. We want to pass on the good news of the gospel, not only with our offerings, but with how we live our lives. Lead us, guide us to live lives worthy of your praise. Amen. The teacher has called you disciples. Learn from Christ and serve without fear. Commit yourselves to Christ's service. Let God's love be the first thing you notice every day. And let His love throw, flow through everything that you do each day. Now, please receive the benediction. And now, may God the Father prepare your journey. Jesus the Son guide your footsteps. The Spirit of life strengthen your body. The three in one watch over you on every road that you may follow. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless you and keep you. Stay safe and stay in his word. Amen. God bless.